pandemonium reigns. Yo, forget the intro, because we're 5-0. Bump that the intro. Is, that is the intro. 5-0 ball, baby. That five is and oh. the intro. We will uh, end this podcast for good when the balls lose, because right now this podcast is undefeated. Undefeated, man. It's, it's crazy. First time entering the Bama game, undefeated since 1998 and I'm not going the direction of the national championship this year I'm saying I can't believe we haven't made it this far undefeated in that long there's another one I think that's the Vols and Tide are top 10 I believe going into this game for the first time since 1989 or something like that that's that's crazy I know this is our our highest combined rankings in forever so that's just wild man I think that just tells you the state of where we've been absolutely it does yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Hey, and and you know, if you're if you're a Tennessee fan, you know that this Tennessee Alabama series is it's it's not a series of great parody. It's a it's a streaky hot oh, yeah. and cold series both ways. That's just mm-hmm. how it's been. And Tennessee's been as cold as they've been in my lifetime for the last 15 years. So, you know, maybe things are changing. Maybe the series will have more parody. Who knows? But this is Tennessee's best opportunity in that game in a long time. In a long time. But we're not here to talk about Bama, even though we want to, like, real bad. Oh, yeah. Because we got to talk about the shellacking that we put on, and here's what I want to say before everything gets started, on an overrated, shouldn't have been top 25 LSU football team. Final score, Tennessee, 40. Tigers, 13. Tigers are kitty cats. I couldn't tell. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Meow. so let's just kind of walk through this a little bit i think that we got off to uh obviously one of the greatest possible starts that we could have i think the wind came out of their sails on the opening kickoff not totally but obviously they were punched in the mouth with adversity uh nothing that we did other than take hold of an opportunity that they presented us they we Mm -hmm. kick off they fumble that opening kickoff or muffet whatever you want to call it and before that bad boy goes out of bounds we snag it seize hold of the football to take possession and get great field position and then not going to say it all just kind of went downhill from there for lsu because i mean it was just only a seven point deficit at that point but i do think tell me if you disagree that a, a good bit of the wind came out of their cells. Yeah, that's a hard blow to overcome, especially when you are LSU. You love your your afternoon, especially your PM kickoffs, and the TV situation made this a noon game, which is not ideal. It's 11 a.m. local time. Again, if any fan base hates that, I don't know of one that hates it more than LSU having those – raucous evening environments that they do so well um but yeah that's a tough blow um they did fight on numerous drives after that namely tennessee's second and third possessions was good holds by lsu to force field goals but yeah that's a that's a tough punch to overcome um yeah that's only seven points in in a game that tennessee won by 27 but you just don't know how a game plays out if that's not there I don't know if you saw this, but this tweet has since been deleted. Uh-oh. That that this this LSU fan said, if this game had started when it should have started, had it been a night game, 
then he would have been able to field that kickoff, but the sun was in his eyes. <laughs> and of course, I I gave you the Dan Tucker version of that tweet, but that I'm telling you, that's what he was like. He the sun was in his eyes. Had this game been three thirty or seven o'clock, it would have been. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, maybe, maybe. Hear me out. Maybe, maybe it comes down to LSU having a tight end, a freshman tight end, fielding kicks, and I think punts. Don't quote me there. But I think he's their return specialist because Malik Neighbors had some issues on punt returns in week one, week zero, maybe. No, week one, excuse me. Um, maybe it comes down to that. Even even a dynamic tight end like Kyle Pitts didn't return kicks. So right. I'm not sure why Jack Besh would yeah. be doing it. it yeah. Hey, yeah. do you, Brian Kelly? Do you? It's fine. Yeah. We won't see you again for a few years. So just do whatever you want. But whatever. That's yeah. so weak. You can't tell me this dude hasn't fielded a kick and caught passes and done Everything on a football field in the daytime. Well, how what I was going to say was, how about all the other times we kicked off to them in the daylight and the rest and, of that game? And the one that he caught, like Tennessee did on one punt, I believe it was, he <clears throat> caught one over his head going towards the end zone. I mean, no, that's so weak. That is pathetically weak. Weak. Charmin soft. Weak. Charmin mm -hmm. soft. So let's let's do like we've done, you know, just here here in the past. And let's start on the defensive side of the ball. I think that is where a large part of our conversation is. So let's start on the back end in the secondary. Uh, talk to me about what you like, what you didn't like. Obviously, you and I chatted as we always do during games. So I have an idea of where you're going to go with this. Tell me sure. what you like. Tell me what you didn't like uh, out of the secondary. All right. For the secondary, um, what I think I can take away from this game is it felt like LSU executed and made some plays in more traffic, for example, than Florida did because Florida found just now they did get over the, you know, behind some guys here in spots, but for the most part of that game, they found holes in the zone, whether it was a spot that a linebacker should have been filling in zone or that a safety should have been in LSU and some of them were closely defended. They made some tougher catches. They made catches with men, you know, draped on them and, and sometimes being held. Tennessee was flagged for that a couple of times or, or maybe even four or five. I don't know. But LSU made a few more plays, I think, than maybe Florida just finding absolutely wide open holes in the zone and the defense. Um, honestly, I think that in the back end specifically, talking about them, I do think we had a much better day than we had against Florida. Absolutely. Um, now, Daniel still threw for 300, but there's there's levels to that, much like many parts of this game where LSU got punched in the mouth. Like Florida did, they adjusted their game plan and were aggressive going on fourth downs. Mm -hmm. Some of the play calling, boy, I'm glad that Brian Kelly's not my coach based off of that. But, you know, mm -hmm. they were having to pass all day. Mm -hmm. Credit to Daniels. He by far had his best day. Um, but, you know, if I'm just talking about like grades or how I felt, I did feel better about the sec, even the secondary's performance against LSU over Florida a couple of weeks ago. Sure. Large in part because we were totally different schematically. We, we certainly, sat, we sat in zones against, against Florida and we wanted to keep Richardson in front of us. That was obvious, which left gaping holes here. It was, it was very different. It was, we're coming after you. We're going to bring pressure, and mm -hmm. we did, which put us in a lot of man coverage, which we got to get better corners. <laughs> yeah. That's the best um, way I know to say that. 
Yeah, I mean, anybody, anybody in the fan base that wants to say whether it's now or whether it was early in the year, whenever, mm-hmm. why is Warren Burrell still out there? Well, now you know. I'm, you should be learning. You should be seeing those answers. And, you know, Haddon was very handsy, very grabby. Yes. Um, I, I actually think, and, and listen, both him and Christian, anyone at corner that gave up plays, they did. But sure. I, I do think that, you know, I think Haddon probably had the worst day in terms of a corner or a safety. And I'm, I just, I don't know what to make of that because he's obviously one of the most, he's been one of the most confident dudes on the field. We hear about him being this trash talker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you don't really hear that from any of the safeties or Christian Charles or anyone. So I don't know what to make of it because I think that's one of the positions where you just have to have zero memory, a ton of confidence. And I mean, he's got that. So I don't know what the problem is, mm-hmm. but there's some problems. We need some dudes. Mm-hmm. This class that's upcoming has a bunch of corner prospects in it and secondary guys in it. So good. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guys that are there and that are underclassmen that aren't playing a lot, hopefully they just continue to progress and get older and better because that's what this team's going to need down the road. Mm-hmm. I would love – of course, we, you and I will never know this because we never get to go to practice. But if, if I'm Tim Banks going forward, I'm saying, guys, we're just man coverage. It, it, it's who we are because we need we need we need help. The front four needs help. We can't get pressure there uh, by themselves. So uh, on that topic re- regarding our corners and man coverage, Jaden Daniels threw the ball 45 times. Okay. Yeah. And and I mean, obviously that was that was so many because they spent the day trying to come back. Yeah, I, I mean the day from the get, right? Yep. Kamal Haddon needs to be less. He needs to choose his downs in which he's his 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 situational awareness is not very good. He needs to choose his time and when he's going to be aggressive. If 100%. you if you understand the situation is is the ball the the ball carrier is is you know just a yard away from the first down line and you know it might be a third down or they need this conversion or or what say you whatever stop trying to strip. And just make sure he doesn't get it, okay? Absolutely. He he allowed too many yards there. Now, Christian yeah. Charles, obviously a very different personality than Kamal Haddon. But, dude, I just – listen, I'm probably biased because having known the dude personally, the dude converted to corner this year. Yeah, right. And is doing, I think, really well. There was a couple passes that were completed to the dudes that he was covering, but Christian was right there. I yeah. mean, I can only think of one where there was a ball caught and Christian might have been three or four yards off. Yeah. And, and it was due just to a, a really good route being ran. However, you know, it is what it is. And we are starting to see a little more rotation in the secondary. Yes, absolutely. You pointed out Danico Slaughter at safety. Do we know that if that was because of an injury to Trayvon or? Well, I, I don't know what to make of that. And I thought he was actually, we, we both talked about that during the game and after the game. In real time, I thought that he had come in for maybe Tamarion McDonald or Wesley Walker because of his alignment. But I guess, you know, not seeing the full field of view or whatever, I guess he was in for Trayvon Flowers at that time, mm-hmm. which we know Trayvon Flowers ended the game because of the pick at the right. very end of the game. Right. So I'm not quite sure what the situation was, if there was an injury or, I mean, I don't know. Um, interesting for sure. And Danico Slaughter is a guy that we've heard good things about for a long time now, like like we heard about for Warren Burrell early in his career, mm-hmm. and like we've heard about for several of these dudes. 
Um, you know, at this time now the narrative has changed for the safeties. Uh, we we hear more that they are who they are, and I could not dispute that in the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, even for these corners and this secondary, when we talked about this as well at certain points of the season and and after the Florida game, but these LSU receivers are not and day better than those Florida receivers. Whether Kayshawn Boutte went off or not, and he didn't go off, um, you talk about Kyron Lacey, you talk about Malik Neighbors, Jeray Jenkins, even the young tight end that they do like, and we know that Florida Florida had a tight end hurt Tennessee uh, two weeks ago, but their world's better. They're different body types. They have a lot more speed, um, and, and like you mentioned, with some of the pressure that Tennessee brought, that put us in a lot more man situations, and yeah, again, yeah, we gave up 300 yards, but they never gave up the big play. Not even one time did they give up really a really big play, mm-hmm. you know, a deep ball or anything like that or, you know, something to that effect. But, again, I think it's a baby step to me for the secondary yesterday, especially from that Florida game. Sure. Uh, we said this. We obviously didn't have the chance to go – uh, record last week going into the weekend. So you and I hopped on Facebook. So we said this said this here that the LSU receiver room just better than Florida's, right? Now the, the quarterback play, I, I guess, is is debatable. You know, just depending on what Anthony Richardson shows up and what Jaden Daniels, you know, shows up. But that that room for receivers in LSU just just much better. I, I, I'm going to say that I think I'm encouraged with our secondary. I, I do think I don't think it was a significant step of any sorts. I think a baby step is a really great way to word that. I feel much better having played these guys and handling it the way that we did now that Al- Alabama is you know on deck because I, again, I don't want to jump into this too much, but handful of really good receivers don't know what quarterback we're going to get there, but you know we've we went zone heavy against Florida. We went man heavy against LSU. If 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 I must, just going forward, I just want to say this again. Let's just let's just lock up man on man. If we get beat where we get beat, okay. I mean, it's going to happen. I would rather get beat that way than sitting in zones waiting kind of stuff for us to uh, stuff to come to us. Sorry, I can't get words out. Stuff to come okay. to us and then get getting beat that way. I'd, I'd rather you know force pressure. So, with with that said, with the way that we defensively played against against these guys, Jaden Daniels carried it sixteen times, thirty eight yards. So we held that in check. All right, dude, dude. I, I'm sorry. I just realized the leading running back had ten yards on seven carries. Oh, bro, we're now, about to we're about to get to that. I'm right I'm sorry. This is the first time I've realized that. So this is <laughs> this is a big moment for me. But I, I just realized that. So yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead so we can get to that. Wow. Let's let's okay. Let's work our way down because I, I think the secondary. You know, we've not a lot has 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 changed. Yeah, so, baby step. I, I agree. Yeah, is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Improved. Uh, not encouraged, but you know, improved. So yeah, freaking man. Aaron Beasley, I, 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 he's my Theo right now. He is my – dude, he is absolutely Theo. He's outplaying both of the other linebackers by yes. far. And, and, and maybe maybe in the alignment and the way the defense comes out, he gets to be a little bit more aggressive and, you know, shoot gaps. Mm-hmm. And obviously he gets to get after the quarterback because we saw that dating back to the pit game. Yeah. Um, but 
just had himself another very strong game. I mean, nine total tackles, mm-hmm. uh, one and a half for loss. I mean, would have if if I was, and I think we did this drill in the offseason in maybe one of our first um, shows is who is the next Theo? Who could be a breakout yeah. guy? Yeah. No way either one of us said him, and you probably couldn't have told me that he would be, even if you had shown me what's happened. I, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, just a huge performance for him, a big step that he's taken, and Lord help has this defense needed it. I remember right coming into the season, you and I were saying that it's probably going to be Trayvon Flowers if it's anybody. That's what I was thinking. Yep, yeah. I would have. Yeah. I wouldn't have said a linebacker if my you know a gun was held to my head probably. <laughs> So uh, Aaron Beasley played well, and then you know Jawan Mitchell had a uh, a great defensive play of getting his hand up and, and batting that ball down and, and preventing yes. the score. I couldn't tell you what the current score was at that time, but I, I feel I'm feeling like it would have been big for them had they had gotten that at that time. That would have been a big player, and I think it prevented a touchdown. I think that guy could have broke easily broke free for a touchdown. Uh, I know exactly what play you're talking about. Yeah, um, and we definitely talked about it when it happened. But, um, yeah, that, that was a huge play. I think it was a much tighter, you know, not a blowout at that point because we probably wouldn't have been too concerned ha- if they had scored. Mm-hmm. But it, it prevented points and it prevented a first down. Very, very big play. Yeah. So, uh, our run fit uh, from, the, from the linebackers, are, I mean, it's, it's just solid. Our, our front seven, our front six, you know, whatever package we're showing, has, run fit-wise has just been exceptional. I want to talk for a second. I don't remember – at what point, but I'm pretty sure it was a fourth down attempt for, for LSU. And they tried to beat us in a phone booth yeah. and we just weren't having it. If I remember Aaron Beasley, it was almost, almost like a stunt the way he, he flashed across two bodies and then filled mm-hmm. that gap at the speed. He, at the speed, he did it, making sure that conversion wasn't going to happen. So I'm looking at Alabama and I'm going, please try to run on us. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I hope that they, I hope that that's their game plan. I don't think it will be. Um, and that'll be a fun talk topic to talk about this week uh, when we do record again yeah. is what their game plan might should be, because I think everybody knows what it should be, but yeah, man, I hope that they try to run the ball because we have done really, really well against running backs who have nice, nice averages coming into the game mm-hmm. against Tennessee. And I mean, again, just to, just to say it again, LSU's running backs had 17 yards on 12 carries, which, again, that's low. Daniels was their leading rusher. We've talked about LSU being behind, not really going crazy trying to run the ball. Um, But 17 yards on 12 attempts? Ain't going to do it. That won't be anybody in this conference. And I know that Brian Kelly has to know that. but again, Daniels was their leading rusher. He has been multiple times this year. Um, and I just don't know the last time that I saw a performance like that as far as statistically, whether Tennessee wore a team out, you know, whatever the result was, that that is simply phenomenal. Ten yards for their lead back. You know, Brian Kelly in their post-game presser last week against Auburn, his words were, if I remember right, 85 yards passing is not going to cut it in this conference. Well, bro, you, aside from your quarterback, you just netted 17 on the ground. Yeah. That ain't going to cut it. Absolutely matter, not. And a matter of fact, 17 was their longest yard, uh, longest longest carry, excuse me. Yeah. And that was done by Jaden Daniels. Yeah, a, a big difference before I forget, I, I, I just I want to make sure this is said. <clears throat> 
I think the biggest difference in this game, I think we still would have been able to do what we did had the opening kickoff not gone the way that it did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I still think that, I mean, that just, that did mess with their momentum a lot. You, you, could, you could hear it in the stadium. Anyway, the biggest difference I believe was Tennessee knowing who they are, their identity, and LSU just really not having a clue as to who they are on either side of the ball. I mean, you might be able to say something defensively. Yeah, they're a great pass rush team. You know, they, they're good at stopping the run, you know, whatever. They got one They got one hit on Hooker, one yeah. really solid, which was a solid hit. Like, I got nervous. I was like, oh, gosh, that's a broken rib. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we ran well. Uh, so, anyway, with all that said, Tennessee knows who Tennessee is. LSU just doesn't really have a clue. So Completely agree. Completely mo- agree. Yeah, yeah. So let's work our way down D line, man. Because there's, dude, there's a there's a flipping conversation here, bro. Because Byron Young had a day, but let's just let me go ahead and say this. I want to beat I want to beat you to the punch on this offense. The All offensive right. line for LSU just is not good. They're, they're right. Good. They're not good. Not good. Also injured. Very young. Um, but still, yet I mean the numbers, the pressures, the sacks. Tennessee hasn't done that to teams that it should have done that to in the past. And, you know, during this down stretch that we've talked about endlessly, um, Byron Young is, he, dude, is fierce. Just seeing some of the replays of some of the pressures and the hits that he got, you know, even, even with lesser offensive linemen, lesser quality, not their starters, I'm just not sure sometimes how he gets through some of the gaps that he does when he goes inside. Um, And again, he's just fierce. You know, he, he, he truly does play like he was down to being a, a general store manager and doing all the things that he had to do to get on the game. Like you yeah. see that on in, in yeah. the way that he plays and it's beautiful. Um, but dude, Rodney Garner, man, I mean, uh, this is another, yet another episode. We're going to talk about Rodney Garner is viciously underpaid. Doesn't matter what he's making. That, doesn't man. matter if he's getting paid from Auburn and Tennessee. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's underpaid. This is a very, cannot emphasize how nice this jump is from even a year ago mm-hmm. um, and certainly anything over much time you know Derek Barnett not included going back multiple mm-hmm. years just what a jump they've made whether again it's getting pressures but not getting sacks against Ball State whether it's do, kind of doing the same thing against Florida for a lot of that game Jaden Daniels is also elusive but he never had a chance on some of these plays I mean the pressure was just and sometimes it was the same looks and just LSU mm-hmm. couldn't block it. So mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting how Tennessee can, can yield some of those plays uh, against future opponents. And if they show those looks as much or what have you, but Rodney Garner is the man. He is that dude. So uh, keeping this on the defensive line for a second, there is a guy on our defensive line that I want to get more snaps. And I would say at this point, his snaps might need to come from Tyler Barron's snap count. And this dude is Joseph's. Listen, Absolutely. I understand that Joseph's sack that he got on Jaden Daniels was not due necessarily to Joseph's ability or how he just overwhelmed one of the offensive linemen. It was, it was the play call. I mean, it, it was, it was designed perfectly, but I will say the way that he shot through that hole to get to Daniels out of a flipping cannon, right. To get Absolutely. Him. But this guy as a true freshman, man, I want him. I want him with a higher snap count. I really, really do. And absolutely. And I, I and I get as as far as the Tyler Barron thing goes that Tyler Barron is a little more versatile now. In in his later years, they're putting him on 
on the inside on on third and long situations and even yeah. just third and short situations. And Joseph's I don't think can do that. Sure. But on these on these maybe second longs or something, you know, like let's get Joseph in there. You know, let's 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 get him get him some looks, especially if, if if the offense has has made a substitution and we can and we can get him on the field. Let's do that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you'll remember and and again fans that are invested like you and I are will we'll remember James Pierce was the one that got the late bump up to a five-star on on three. Uh, Joseph was definitely not that highly regarded, but he did play his high school football in the state of Georgia, which I mean, is, is a tough state to play the sport. in. Absolutely. And what a find um, Tyree West is looking like another nice find because he is another young guy. That's, that's forcing the, the staff to give him snaps early in, in his career. But Joshua Josephs, I think, is going to be just a stud for Tennessee for three or four years, however long he can stay around. Um, I mean, he's still so he's still so light in the pants. I mean, he's listed at two fifteen, so I'd be shocked if he is two ten, two fifteen. You know what I mean? He's still so light. That's not a shot um, of his masculinity, y'all. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Just how heavy he is. I mean, he's yeah. not very heavy. He's not very big. He's not been in the program for long. Right. And the speed, dude, if he can continue that speed mm. and put on some size, he's yes. going to be he's going to be a very impactful player for three or four years. Very excited for him, West, se several of those guys. I thought Amari Thomas had another good day. I mean, I'll agree. I mean, it's not going to reflect on the stat sheet, but his ability to fill gaps and 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 create a push on third and short, fourth down situations, really. Um, I don't know if, if he is in that Matthew Butler conversation from last year, but really, really pleased with where he's at. Absolutely. Um, just an, like you said, another solid day. He came up one time early in the game. I'm going to say first half. Kind of looked like he was favoring his shoulder to me, so I was a little worried at that moment. But he stayed in the game. He continued yeah. to, you know, if, if not take up space to kind of break through the line, uh, just doing what he's been doing. And I, I'll agree, I don't know that he's quite in that Matthew Butler realm yet, um, but he's been a very, very he, – he's taken a very appropriate step for a guy that's now a junior. He's been here for three – he's in his third year here, mm -hmm. uh, taking a very nice step. And, again, we need each and every one of them to do that. So it's very nice when you see them do – kind of what they're doing and living up to who was a four-star kid here, living up to that ranking a little bit. Yeah. Very nice year for him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we flip onto the other side of the ball, uh, somebody I wanted to mention is Jeremy Banks did not rack up the stat sheet, which is a little out of character for him. Can't, can't quite figure that out. Maybe it was just because LSU had to throw the ball 45 times. Not really sure there. Um he had where did it go? Two total tackles, one solo and a TFL. You know, I yeah. Guess, I guess that is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I think it's just a combination of guys. They're they're playing multiple linebackers this year, where it was so close to exclusively Beasley and Banks last year. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got you know more Juwan Mitchell, which faded very early in the season last year. Um, you've got more Solon Page and. You know, he's he's a guy that's been in college football for half a decade now. But, I mean, he's playing not, you know, all-star, all-American ball, but he's playing decent ball for him who's not had a great career. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's part of it. We saw Banks 
definitely go to the sideline for a few plays there in the middle of the game with an ankle or a lower oh, leg situation. Yeah, Maybe that was a factor. And, again, like you said, when a team passes 45 times, that's not a recipe for a good Jerry Banks game. But, yeah, just not blowing up the stat sheet, not even tackling all that well mm-hmm. uh, at times. Hopefully he figures it out because he certainly plays with intensity. And this year to this point – he has he has corralled that a lot better, not getting those penalties that he was yeah, known for. True. Very pleased with that, and just hopeful he'll take a step here in his career very strong. Absolutely. One of my keys to winning this game that we did not get to talk about was don't allow Jaden Daniels to do what Anthony Richardson did. And as a unit, we succeeded. It Agreed. Could, could be because they played from behind the entire day. There's a lot of – Different factors, you know, could be schematic reasons, whatever. He didn't get to take off running. He and, and again, we we said this on on Saturday morning. The dude does not throw with anticipation. He he wants he wants to see you. He wants to see you come out of the break. He wants to see your jersey number, and then he will throw it. I think that cost him. I agree. Some on Saturday, right? Um, but again, before we move on, and if you have anything else to add here. Uh, from defensive line to secondary, I thought I thought pretty dang well. I'm I'm I mean I'm, I'm pleased with it. Yeah, I I agree. And and just again, I think the the front, even including the linebackers, front seven, I think they played another strong game to how they've played this year. Um, you know, very good at times and never really getting you know pushed back or knocked off the ball, not allowing the run game to succeed at all. And then, again, I think the secondary just took that baby step, which we'll need to continue to take steps and and make plays when they can. But mm-hmm. um, overall, definitely played well enough to win. And I don't – again, I don't think it all just comes down to the early momentum or the noon game or anything. I think they just – they took a little baby step mm-hmm. and did what they should do. Yeah, absolutely. And it resulted in LSU going over for 3 on fourth down, 7 for 15 on third down rushing for a total of 55 yards on 28 attempts. That's that's two yards per rush, by the way. Wow. Just, wow. just, just so we're clear. Uh, they had uh, they, they turned it over twice, throwing a pick and a fumble. Opening kick, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, defensively, please, please. All right, let's move over to the offense. Let's do it. I, I really like our quarterback. <laughs> Um, I, you know, am I gonna? Yeah, I'm gonna continue to roll with this. I'll never be able to put in words how thankful, how way above what I could thought he could have done. Hendon Hooker's been. Um, yesterday was to me his best performance of the season as a whole. Mm. Um, with the exception of you know some amazing plays he made against Florida, mm-hmm. and then a few off throws that he had against LSU when. He was coming off of that monster hit that he took. Mm-hmm. But just yesterday, he was like he, – he was both a game manager. He was wonderful at escaping pressure and using his legs. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't pretty, getting down, not taking big hits on runs. <laughs> and then you talk about the deep ball to hot to Hyatt, just the most beautiful deep ball that I've seen him ah. throw this year. Just chef's kiss indeed like you just did. Mm-hmm. Um you know, again, he he flashed for so much of that Florida game. But yesterday, I think, I, I mean, I, he certainly didn't take a step back. So, 
just another very, very good game for him. 239 yards. I honestly thought he would have had more than that passing. Mm-hmm. But when you're up big early and you're not playing from behind at any point in the game, you don't mm-hmm. need to pass that much. And he added 56 more yards on the ground. So just, again, I'll never be able to put in words what this guy's done for Tennessee and how, how much I feel for him. And gosh, what a guy. So I, I want to know on the Pruitt staff who got him from Virginia Tech to, to, um, to I us. Believe, I believe it was Jay, Jay Graham. Jay Graham was the one that always had the North Carolina roots, which is where Hennon Hooker's from, mm-hmm. uh, where he played his high school ball and his family from. I think it was Jay Graham. Um, I don't know that for sure, but you know, I was looking at some of Hendon's stats uh, this week, and I mean, I think 15, 1,600 yards was his best season passing. Um, even and, and listen, he missed some games with the COVID season because he had COVID mm-hmm. early in that season. So he probably would have exceeded that number at that point. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, dual quarterback action going on. I'm not sure why. I don't remember. I definitely didn't watch that much Virginia Tech, and there's a reason that Fuente got fired over there. Um, but even, you know, Hendon got probably 75% of the stats one year and probably like 55 60% mm-hmm. of the quarterback attempts the next year. Um, just a weird situation. And, again, all the reason that I wouldn't have expected Hendon freaking Hooker to make a Heisman campaign through five games at Tennessee. Yeah, so uh, just just to recap his numbers, 17 for 27, 239 yards, good for almost nine yards per completion, but it was it's at 8.9. Two scores, which I believe puts him at 10 on the year, right? Yep, it should. So 10 on the year, which puts him at 44 in his Tennessee career? Or 30? Or, I uh, lose track of that stat continually. I don't know exactly okay, what so that let's, person at. It, it's somewhere between 40, 42 and 44, right? Yeah, Okay. absolutely. So, so so let's just say 44 touchdowns in his Tennessee career to three picks. <laughs> let's just I, – I can't I can't even do that on NCAA. I mean – Nope, sure can't. Definitely couldn't do it on Madden. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, and then <laughs> he had a QBR of 92.2. So – Another reason you saw a 27-point difference is because Hendon Hooker just outplayed Jane Daniels from, from top to bottom. And, and listen, that, that, that bomb that he threw to Hyatt, man, that's something that I, I really want to see more of because what, what aggravates me is Hendon Hooker is, is the uh, – he's so much better than Jarrett Gortano would, would ever be, right? But somehow Gorantano was still able to hit Hyatt on on deep balls. I mean, he had one in I can recall in my mind 2020 against Alabama. Against Bama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I I, I want to see I want to see I want to see more of this. I want to I, I want to and I love that you called it too. You're like we 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 need to take the shot right here. Let's take the shot. Let's take yeah. the shot. Yeah, and absolutely. I, a, if I remember it was fresh off a turnover, right? Or fresh off, off of a fourth, a, a fourth, down, fourth down. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fourth down stop and like, hey man, let's do like Spurrier used to do. Let's let's go for the end zone and boom. And that was that was probably for LSU. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and that just made it twenty to nothing, or had they already scored their touchdown? I, I think it was twenty it was, to nothing. Yeah, twenty to nothing at that point. I yeah, believe. yeah. And, and again, that just made it twenty to nothing. You know, with Tennessee's defense, the way that this is one thing that we that we need to talk about because people are saying it, and I agree with it that teams are changing their approach 
going for all the fourth downs. They're passing the ball all over the yard. But you should be in the mindset, if you're facing Tennessee, that you can find yards, you can find drives to keep yourself in games because their defense just – it isn't the offense. So that should kind of be your approach. So being down 20 to nothing, if you could just get a couple stops, you could make that a game. Mm-hmm. But, ten, I mean, LSU truly never challenged in this game. Um, I think it was after that, that drive, that touchdown from Hyatt, that they did score, make it 20 to 7 is what sounds right now. Mm-hmm. But that's, oh, that's just that, – that throw, that play was just – you know, because it was that motion where the tight end, I think it was Warren – he motions out to the left. Like we don't motion, bro. We don't. We don't do that. <laughs> okay, Brian Kelly. Is that you? Am I talking to Brian Kelly? Well, listen. It's that play where Jacob Warren or Princeton Fant does it too. They motion across the, the back of the line of scrimmage. They go out like they're going to block for a wide receiver screen. And there's just so many things that you can do off of that. There's so many things. Mm-hmm. And this time we took the beautiful shot to Hot. And again, Hot. I'm Hooker. Excuse me. Hooker's best deep ball this year. Um, his accuracy wasn't quite there to start the year and he's certainly finding it he refuses to, it's like he he's incapable of turning the ball over even when he fumbled yesterday Cooper Mays falls on it Dylan Sampson picks it up for almost a first down it's like I, I just I've never seen quarterback play and taking care of the ball like this at Tennessee in a long long time yeah, absolutely I'm, I'm glad you pointed out that thing with Dylan Sampson because that was a play for them that could have really swung momentum certainly another reason this score ended the way that it did is you know what things just fell our way I mean, the cookie crumbled in our favor the ball bounced to our side it was I mean when when hooker took the shot that he did resulting in the fumble for us to pick that up and almost get the first down that just <laughs> that just kind of tells you the mojo that was in the air or the voodoo that was in the air that day LSU must have like poked the wrong dolls that day or, or, or something because it was it just was not in their favor at all yeah so offense just had a stellar day so let's let's keep this going let's uh keep it outside you know talking about Jalen Hyatt talking about Baru McCoy bro man I, I I I just I love that the Tennessee coaching staff is like we we just didn't know what we had in this guy <laughs> yeah right I, I mean I'm th- the dude's a stud. Brew McCoy is – I texted you this, and I'm trying to think, you know, 24, you know, 12 hours after saying this probably, um, I stand by this. Brew McCoy is the most impactful transfer to Tennessee since Hendon Hooker. If, if, if Tennessee didn't have Cedric Tillman, didn't have Brew McCoy, only had Ramel Keaton and Jalen Hyatt and then Walker Merrill and, you know, so on and so forth – it gets a little more interesting. Brew is freaking imposing, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he is like we've talked about, not the fastest guy, not even close to the fastest guy. Um, you know, Jalen Hyatt would like a word when it comes to the speed aspect of it. Sure, but dude is physically imposing. He is great out of the break. The same exact play with just slight differences to the motion. Hint, hint. Brian Kelly, we run motion. <laughs> slight differences to the motion for Hyatt. He just breaks wide open up the seam again. Hendon drops it in the bucket, just like he did against Florida. And another huge game. Looks like it was probably a 48-yard uh, play because that's Brew's longest reception yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but he totaled 140 yards uh, overall. No touchdowns, surprisingly, but 140 yards. He ran the ball for a first down on a weird, 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 weird play call. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but again, I stand by this, man. He is the most impactful transfer to Tennessee since Hendon Hooker. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't exactly want to see that reality without him on those on this receiving core, even though there's talent and there's dudes. I just don't yeah. want to I don't want to risk that. Sure. And dude, when Tillman comes back, if if we take time to sub, get the fresh guy in and out, I just don't know how you actually you can't defend that room. You have to get to the quarterback before he's able to deliver that ball. You can't defend all these guys. There's just Absolutely. no way to do it. Absolutely. Even even as good as Alabama is, and, and just a spoiler here, you're probably not going to hear me on here on these airwaves <laughs> on the internet saying that Tennessee's going to beat Alabama. You're probably not going to hear me say that. Mm -hmm. um, but even as good as Alabama is, they still don't have that defense in that secondary at every level. Well, obviously the secondary, but the defense at every level is not what it's been at times. It's right. a very it, – it's kind of like Tennessee's defense. The further you get away from the line of scrimmage, it gets a little bit more iffy. Um, mm -hmm. And, yes, they have more talent than Tennessee. But if Tennessee gives Hendon Hooker time, that is the only recipe for giving Alabama a game. Mm -hmm. And if Tennessee gives them time, I, again, I don't know how you stop that receiver room. It's it's vicious. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about Cedric Tillman since you threw his name out there. I think Tennessee fans need to prepare themselves when, when Tillman returns. Don't expect him to be the same. I, I, don't, I don't think you could just – it's, this is we're not it's not a video game that we're talking about here he's probably going to favor that that ankle a little bit yeah. he's probably not going to have his top end speed he's probably not going to be able to get out of his brakes as, as quick as possible so the routes that he runs might be different he that could he, be he might, might he might not be all over those go routes um it will be great to have him back because i think it does open us up to do some more things i would expect when tillman does return hopefully it is for Alabama, that you probably see at the end of the day for the Alabama game, the Kentucky game, the Georgia game, because Tillman's – he's just not going to be 100%. See more catches from Ramel and Jalen and Brew. See more catches from those guys than you do, Cedric. It's not going to be this Pittsburgh scenario when he was targeted 18 <laughs> times. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So right. we, we got to get our head out of the clouds and, and thinking as far as that goes to Tillman. But anyway, I think – if you would, <laughs> I still listen as far as the Alabama game goes, and we're, we're totally breaking our own code here by, by talking about it in advance. So, okay, so let's look at it this way. Sorry, let me let me help myself. We just handled LSU from, from one side of the ball, just talking about offensively. We didn't need him. I mean, we just didn't need him. No, no. And, and listen, we, and again, I'm, I'm not even trying to like jump to the Alabama game, but. There are similarities here. Like, in terms of the similarities, LSU has B.J. Ojolari, Ali Gay. Um, they did lose ah, – gosh, I can't remember this guy's last name. It's Mason Smith, big number zero. They got hurt against Florida State or Mason Taylor. I cannot remember his last name. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, big number zero. He got hurt against Florida State, I think, celebrating a play. Oh, yeah. Um, but, listen, they've got dudes up front. They don't yeah. have Alabama dudes. Nobody in the country has a Will Anderson except for Alabama. Right. And, and again, he's not the only one there when you talk about Dallas Turner and some of the other options. But Hendon Hooker was clean as – I mean, his, his jersey, if he didn't take off in a couple plays, mm -hmm. would have been clean yeah. because they didn't sack him. Yes, they hit him, and the mm -hmm. ball came out. But, you know, they didn't register a sack because of the way that play – trended and they only had two tackles for loss i mean that's got that's almost got to be a season low for tennessee in terms of tackles for loss allowed yeah, that's yeah it almost has to be 
Yeah. Um, so there's reasons for parts of optimism. There's re- there's matchups to that aren't as lopsided as they've been for so long in this series. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, if Tillman comes back, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's 75, 80%. Maybe he's a little higher, a little lower percent of what he was earlier mm-hmm. in the season, but you still got to respect him. And oh, absolutely. You can't double any of these guys. I mean, you can't, you've got to, you've almost got to go one on one. And what you got? But I'm just saying, but how I hope you do. <laughs> oh, how I hope you do. Um, I, I would love, I would love to see Alabama try it. Just go ahead and double team somebody because it, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for this game just for once. It's been so long since I've had genuine excitement for this game. Um, not even considering the fact of us not entering this game undefeated before '98, it's there's just reasons for optimism. It starts with Hendon Hooker, and it maybe even ends with Hendon Hooker. But you know, there's reason to think that this OL can keep him upright. Mm-hmm. There's reasons to think that these wide receivers can win matchups because, frankly, they did a year ago mm-hmm. when Tennessee's offense was not this potent and reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good, but it it wasn't what it is right now. There's mm-hmm. just excitement, genuine excitement to be had. Again, you're not going to hear me say that. You're probably not going to hear me predict Tennessee to win unless more dudes get hurt in practice this week or something like that for Alabama. Right. But there's there's genuine, legitimate reasons to be excited for this game for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And 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 Tennessee's won in different ways every time. Almost. I mean. The offense was immaculate against Florida until the very end on that fourth down. Yeah. Uh, the offense started as bad as they could have started against Pitt, and yeah. the defense did just enough to to give you time to get an overtime and win. Yeah. And then yesterday was just, uh, I mean, just a murder, really, from start mm-hmm. to finish, at least a domination, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, the closest it got after the jump was 20-7. to 7, So, I mean, there's there's reasons to be excited, and it's so it's such a breath of fresh air to have yeah. that. I promise you guys, we're we're trying real hard not to talk about the Alabama game. It's just it's so cotton picking exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, back to the receiver side. So Brew McCoy, seven for one forty. Uh, I don't know if you've thought about this in this perspective, but that's more than half of Hooker's total yards. Yes, it is. I had not thought of that. Great point. Hyatt, four for 63, accounted for both of Hooker's scores. And I'm telling you, the the commentator. Uh, the play-by-play guy who Dan Orlovsky, yeah, 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 bro. He drew up. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he drew up the route <laughs> before the ball was snapped. I'm, I'm thinking either like once it happened, I went either they're ahead <laughs> and he just yeah. knows and he just knows, or he he sees it. But I'm going, oh, how did he do that? <laughs> because, yeah, right. Because I mean, I did see it. The the middle field was open. And he he ran a, a deep dig to get into the end zone, but anyway, so Hyatt accounts for two scores uh, for for <laughs> for Hooker. Hyatt four catches, half of those half of those catches touchdowns. Ramel Keaton, <laughs> bro, let's talk about Ramel Keaton for a second. Let's do the, it. The dude's like he's he's becoming a problem for people. He is, yeah. And I mean, and, he 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 dang almost had two more touchdowns yesterday. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if if he continues to progress. Which I think he's down to his final year of eligibility, right? Do I think you'll right? have a COVID option if he wants it. I just, I think you'll have a COVID option if he wants it. I don't know that for sure because it's so hard for me to keep track of this. Sure. Um, but I think he's a, I'm going to say he's a true senior or. He's a true senior looking at so this. So I think you'll have the option. 
so he came, he came in with Harrison Bailey. That was 19, right? When he came in. Right. So right. Was, his first season was 2019 and then the 2020 year, if I remember right. So he, yeah, so he would 1920. Yeah. So he's going to have another year of eligibility. So, okay. So hear me guys when I'm saying this, I'm not saying that, that Ramel Keaton is even a, a third day draft pick. That, that, that's not what I'm saying. But if he continues to progress with the receivers that we already have, if I'm a defensive coordinator getting ready to play us going, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you do? Because you've got Tillman, who is 6'4 and a big body. You've got Brew McCoy, who's 6'3 and a big body. And you got Jalen Hyatt, who's a, who, who's a daggum speedster who can take and, the top And he's tall. And he is not. Oh, that's he is true. Not short. That's true. That's true. And now you got Ramel Keaton, who's becoming. Uh, what do we want to call him? A great possession receiver, or because I mean, the dude had a great, outstanding catch against Florida. Yeah. And 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 Walker Merrill has has got speed, and you got Jimmy Holiday, who's got speed. So uh, this is this is fantastic. I, I just don't know what you do because I mean, we're not going to lose a running back in, unless it's to the transfer portal. Right. We're going to bring back receivers uh, from this group. That's fantastic. And there's a lot of speedy, dangerous guys that don't see a lot of playing time. So, you know, the the future is bright. Right now, it's freaking so sunny. I should have my sunglasses on inside. I just – it's a it's a matchup nightmare. Nobody matches up that well with it. Um, for a guy like Ramel Keaton to break out, dude, I, I had written him off, and I, I feel bad about it, but – I had written him off so far down the list. I was like, yeah, if anybody gets hurt, it'll be Walker Merrill. I feel silly for that. I feel disrespectful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm so, so proud of him, you know, owning things, like he said, after that Florida game of, I couldn't be mad at my situation. I wasn't working hard enough. You just love to see that from a player. Um, super happy for him enjoying a bit of a breakout here. And he's going to have plenty of opportunities down the road. Absolutely. Now, if you're looking at the stat sheet saying, well, well, guys, he had two catches for 19 yards. Well, the reason we're talking about him so highly is if you go back and watch this, Hooker is looking his way. There's now a trust uh, where where Hooker is going, where's Ramel? Uh, yeah. he's, and he's, he, he wants to find him. And, again, you said he – I think he, he had two scores right in, the, in, in his hands, if I remember. Oh, at yeah. least There's at least one that I can recall, but uh, possibly two. Now, I want, I want to say this as we transition to another position group. I, I would love to see this offense with a above-average tight end. Yep. Because I don't – Princeton fan – I mean, props to him for hanging around and and Jacob Warren for – I forget, I guess for hanging around. That's the best way I know to say it. I mean, yeah. I, they seem like great guys, so I hate to talk down here, but they're just, they're just very below-average tight ends in my mind. They are. Not good with the ball in their hands – have have been suspect to put the ball on the ground have been suspect to have the ball hit them in the hands and not catch it yeah i, I can't was it ethan davis that's going to be coming into this to, he'll to be us? coming into the offense yep. uh in a year there's a high, highly regarded one um who could potentially play on the defensive line i think his name is jonathan eccles in the 24 yes. class yes yes um yes. but it'll be interesting to see you know what side of the ball he he actually bodes to or projects to and uh, where he sticks at. Yeah. So imagine this offense with with an Ethan Davis with a, a I forget the guy that you just said or just with an above average tight end because yeah. I, I don't I don't think that defenses are looking at us going not worried about Princeton Fant just just not 
You know, if you throw it to him, then you throw it to him. Okay, I'll take a big whoop. Another thing, and here's how I kind of want to transition because I'm not sure sure there's anything left to be said about our tight ends. Agreed. Agreed. I would love to see this offense with a back that's bigger than five, nine, or six foot and weighs more than 195 pounds. Yeah. Listen, Jabari Small had a great day. 22 carries, 127 yards. I thought Jalen Wright had a good day. 12 for 59 yards. They both showed some flashes of some speed, getting out, uh, 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 bouncing, bouncing the ball and picking and up that, a handful of yes. yards. You just said that. I want to credit specifically Jalen Wright's vision because it feels like Jabari may always kind of see the spot but not have the speed or the – you know, be able to stay up to get to the spot. But Jalen Wright found himself a lot of open grass yesterday looking to bounce runs, and I hope he doesn't get too trigger-happy to do that. But he, to me, had his best game of the season yesterday, and he probably has put up more than 59 yards in a game already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He did put the ball on the ground again. Not happy about that. That's too many times this year. for he, He's fumbled the ball a season's worth of times yes. in five games. Yes. but. We've gotten away with it so far. It, you know, it's not as bad as it's been in the past, but he's got to clean that up. Um, but I'm pleased with his vision because I've personally been unpleased with his vision, and we've yeah. talked about that, you and I. Um, so I'm glad to see him have a nicer day, break some mm-hmm. tackles on a couple runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really happy about that. But, yes, I, I would love to see this if maybe um, – what's my man's name that's hurt for the year? Good grief. Laneith Whitehead. If, if Laneith Whitehead oh, yeah. was, was healthy or if Tyon Evans had stuck around, you know, whatever – but yeah, I would look. I can't. I can't wait for that day that there's a little bit bigger of an option for some of those shorter runs and things because Jabari's tough. But we're you know, it feels like we're already potentially on borrowed time again for that shoulder. Yeah, um, because it's it's been a thing for two seasons now. Thankfully, it wasn't a big deal against Akron, and he played through it against Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like we're on borrowed time, and I don't want to be in a position where we've got a Jalen Wright, a Dylan Sampson, and a Justin Williams-Thomas only to our name. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Going back to this the original original point here, and I, I totally agree with everything you just said, but um, imagine the body of a Justin Williams-Thomas with, with, the, with the speed that we know he has. If Basically what I'm saying is if that, if that is a guy who can get it figured out, right, who can, who can figure out the pass pro, who can figure out what to do in, in, in certain situations, all those things, man, that gets me real excited for this offense because I don't think a lot of these defensive coordinators are looking at us going, okay, we just kind of need to hold the run game in check, right? That's probably what they're looking at us like, hey, just, just keep it in front of you. We don't have a back right now that goes, oh, crap. I mean, yeah. because if we did, if Justin William Thomas was like this outstanding true freshman with this body and with this speed, Imagine that with a Cedric Tillman and a Jalen oh Hyatt and a Brew McCoy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and 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 while we're on this topic, you know, I, I we we might get there anyway. Props to Josh Heupel again for saying, you know what, we can go fast. Yeah. But watch this. Oh oh oh! You said that. You said that. Guess guess what Tennessee did for the first time, and I don't know how long yesterday. Oh, I already know where you're going. We won the time of possession battle. Yeah. And we've won it by. <laughs> 36, 24. We won it by a minute or so, uh, less than a minute. We won it by less than a minute, but we won the possession battle. And like, and and maybe it was to the point of game where LSU's like, God, can we just get back and like forget about this game? Yeah. Yeah. But we were going slow. We were moving the ball. Things like that just didn't matter yesterday. Yeah. Um, and again, I love because I don't want to ever be in the spot where the tempo is all we got or the quarterbacks, you know dynamic how dynamic he is and how good he is i don't want that to be the only thing we have so 
breath of fresh air to see us doing things like that and still having yes. success. Yes. Okay. So this is going to segue well for, for where I want to go now. I'm just going to go ahead and give a round of applause. I hope you guys can hear this. To our offensive line because the LSU front, they're, they're solid. And Ojari didn't do anything. Nothing. He didn't. He didn't do anything. We did it without Gerald Mincy and Jeremiah Crawford stepped in, played really well. He Our sure offensive did. line. My biggest key to this game was keep Hendon upright, and they did against a very good front. That I mean, that is that LSU's defensive front has is the reason that they've won the games that they have. I mean, period. Yeah. No questions asked. I mean, they they basically won the game against Auburn by themselves. Uh, especially uh, Ojolari, Olu, however you say his dang name. You're anyway, on it. So if I'm giving out a game ball, I'm looking at this offensive line going, Coop, uh, Carvin, Crawford, hey, this one is on you guys. Cause, yeah. Because Crawford, we, you couldn't tell that that Crawford was a backup yesterday. Right. Um, and, and like you're saying, that that front is probably their their best unit overall. Their receivers make a case for them. Their front seven, I think, is the only other options there with Ojolari and Ollie Gay. And, again, losing a guy like uh, the guy they lost in Florida State, not good. But right. that's by far their their highest ceiling group. is It's right there with them and the wide receivers. And neither were enough to beat Tennessee yesterday. Yeah. So, just talking about the total rush game for a second. Hooker was 10 for 56. But if we flip, flip flip over to total as a team, man, 49 attempts, 263 yards, basically five and a half yards per carry. And and Hooker had time in, in the past game. I'm, I'm really, really pleased with our offensive front. And, again, I hate to say this, but I can't help myself. The Alabama defensive front is better than LSU's, so I feel, like, I feel like we need that confidence. I feel like we can look at a B.J. Lujar and say, hey, we held that guy in check. We can hold Will Anderson in check. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a formula or that's like this guaranteed thing, but I just – I have a hot, whole lot more confidence, uh, especially on our and, – and, and, and what was a position of concern coming into so this year? You and I both agreed on that, absolutely. You know, we didn't know who – the left tackle was going to be, you know, Hendon's blindside. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it would be one thing if he was not as athletic and as good at escaping as he's been and taking sidesteps, stepping into his throws. But, you know, we, we didn't know who it would be. We had a Florida transfer. We asked, why didn't this guy play at Florida? Is he good enough to play for us? And yeah. he's played fine, you know, nothing world beating, but he's played fine. And then JJ Crawford yesterday. I mean, again, you wouldn't have known that was a backup. We right. ran his way sometimes. We didn't give up a sack. Um, we gave up the one hit. That's, that's probably on Dylan Sampson, if anyone. Um, mm -hmm. Again, a freshman. And it is a little surprising that, that Hendon didn't see that. But, again, yeah. to give up really one hit on pass plays over a 60-minute game is, is really impressive, especially when you and I both agreed what a concern that was and how, how bad that could trend things for this team. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, I want to I want to switch gears just uh, just a little bit. You asked me a question, I believe, in the third quarter, when this game was really under control. You know, I wouldn't say that it was over, but we we had it under control. You said, "Does do we roll Hendon back out, or do we let Joe Milton finish this thing?" Yeah. I, have you had any thoughts on that since since you basically asked me that question? 
You know, I, I, not too much. Um, I think if we had gotten another offensive possession, if we had stopped LSU prior to kneeing the ball for yeah. the win there after the pick, then he probably rolls out Milton. You know, is it a sign of like some coaches in, in other sports and things viewed as this ultimate sign of disrespect to do that? And they would rather just play conservative with their starters. I don't know if that's where Hopple's coming from. Um, but, you know, I'm fine really either way. I, like I'm not here. I'm neither here nor there. I was just, if we're going to run the offense, you know, protecting Hendon at all costs was really where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And we did, like, like we've talked about, a fine job of doing that. So I'm, I'm kind of fine either way. Could have, could have certainly seen Joe Milton yesterday and not had an issue with it. But, you know, it, no new thoughts for me. Just a question popped in my mind because of how much we were just kind of doing what we wanted to in, in all aspects of the game. So that's what prompted it. And I'm kind of fine either way with yeah. whether we played him or not. I do think in hindsight, you know, it would have been okay to trot him out there. I, I think he is – good enough probably a nice way of wording it to have him finish and and still get the job done soundly Mm -hmm. I also think that I would have been happy to see more of Dylan Sampson at some point yes absolutely maybe maybe even some some substitution offensive line maybe even some Walker Merrill's some Jimmy Holiday's you know offensively I I think I would have been fine with that because there was just a point and this is going to set up now for my next question there was just a point where LSU was just done. It was over. It's and it's not that they yeah. quit. I just think they knew. <laughs> well, and, knew. and you know, part like part of it is that they seemingly tried everything. I mean, they they I, I feel like they kind of shot everything they had in their arsenal at us, and it and it just didn't matter. I mean, if anything, you could point for for what LSU did wrong. You could point to giving us three, basically handing us three points there at half, going for it on fourth down. We both talked about off off of broadcast off of our podcast just between us that to go condensed and to bring everyone in tight those those top formations that they were running even out of the shotgun were just that's silly mm-hmm. that's like our strength defensively yeah um, now if you're going to run some mesh if you're going to run some crossers out of that sure do that but don't run the ball out of that against Tennessee you just that makes me think you've just not watched enough Tennessee if, if that's your attack but yeah, I mean, it feels like LSU threw everything they could at us, except for being able to run the ball a lot because they were down big early. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like they gave us everything they had, and, and we pretty much had a, a general answer for all of it. What At what point was it where you and I were talking about this, and it might even have been a, fir- a fourth down – it was a fourth down conversion attempt. They went in a phone booth. Do you remember at what point in the game that was? Was that third quarter at this point, or was that even is that even the 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 play right before half, or we took over? I, I'm I'm I am 75 80 percent confident it was there before the half. That okay. I think both third and fourth down they okay. went pretty tight out of shotgun, and I'm just thinking like you you should have seen it on film before this game. You should have seen it now during this game, and here you are still doing it. And I just yeah, you can't really explain that one to me. While that was their attack, I think it though was was there before half, and we stole three points from them. Agreed. So this is this is also going to segue well. I think it was at that point, not where LSU had quit, but where the every just ounce of wind they had in themselves came out when they didn't convert, and we were able to drive the field and get three, which <laughs> which stinketh because we really had an opportunity to get seven. Yeah, absolutely. Drop balls. You know, there was a ball to Princeton Fant that was behind him, still very catchable. Very, very. 
there was a high ball to Hyatt on the left sideline. That, that and was now all, this that was all as Hooker, well though. was yeah. This is when Hooker was. This is like two drives, one drive after the big, you know, hit that he took off the blitz there. Yeah. Um, and he was still kind of fig- he was still kind of bringing it back, raining it back down. Um, and that prevented some of those throws from probably being completed. Princeton Fanch certainly should have caught the ball that he had a chance to. But, yeah, the throw to Hyatt was high. Definitely an opportunity for seven points. And Tennessee clanked a long, long 50-plus yard field goal off the upright. Had plenty of leg. Probably yeah. would have been good from 60 and just unfortunate bounce there to, to clank it off the upright and not, not sink it. Yeah, yeah. So is there a – uh, a point in time for you, or or maybe you already just said this, where you thought that that was the end of LSU. Oh no, it was much. It, it well, I found myself sitting there thinking, you know, if they score here, I'll be very interested how the onside attempt looks because of the onside attempts against Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now this was probably as as late into the game as late third. I was feeling pretty good in the fourth, but I was thinking, you know, crazier things have happened to Tennessee, but it's probably not happening today. But you know, it was third quarter for sure before I was like, yeah, this is this is a this is a dub. They just they've tried everything. We have an answer for everything. We're moving the ball every time, seemingly. I think we punted once yesterday. Is that right? Punted I believe so. I don't think two it was times. Anymore. Oh, twice. Okay. Two times, two times for 83 yards. So yeah, it was it was third quarter. I was before I was thinking it was over. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I said in the beginning, and I, I still stand behind this, LSU was not the twenty fifth team, twenty fifth best team in the country. Not even might not, not might not even be top forty or top fifty. I mean, they they. I am not convinced Brian Kelly did his homework on us. Agreed, and I go back to those condensed shotgun formations to even. To even say things like Tennessee only has a you know a handful of formations, they don't do motions. I mean, dude, we hit huge plays against Florida with motions and and no motions. But you just that's just stupid stuff. Like I, I don't even know where you're coming from. Top stuff doesn't look like he did his homework at all. Um, very disappointing if you're an LSU fan. For me, as as far as where I'm sitting, yeah. So so with that said, Brian Kelly even said that. At, I'm pretty sure at halftime we're getting out coached. It might have might have might have been the end of the game. I'm yeah, you're right. Sure. Halftime. So let's try to figure out best we can where exactly LSU does fall because I said this morning somebody somebody at church this morning said, "Oh man, you guys had a great win." I said, "Yeah, well LSU is just not very good." <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was, and and he said, "Dan, you've said that about every win you've had." <laughs> well, Pitt turned around and lost to Georgia Tech. And yeah. uh, and Florida, I guess the verdict is still out. I'm not. I'm not very sure. So let's yeah. let's let's just try to figure out this LSU victory. What kind of a quality win it was? So I have a question. I'm going to throw at you. Where is LSU at? This is the best way I know how to figure this out. Where is LSU at in the SEC West? They're obviously not the best team in the West because that that right now that belongs to to Alabama and A and M just made, I guess, just made an argument. I, I'm that's that'll be the other episode, but. Yeah, I, you know, I still don't I, – I don't know when I'll figure out what to think about Texas A&M or, or know what they are. Um, they're sitting at third in the West. They are tied with Mississippi State record-wise because of the, the head-to-head win against them. Right. But I can't sit here and, and say that they would beat Mississippi State, you know, in a series of five or seven games. I feel right. like Mississippi State would win a series. Not That's not how it works. Right. But – 
I, I feel a lot better about Mississippi State, even losing to LSU. I feel a lot better yeah. about them than I feel about LSU. Mississippi State laid it on Arkansas yesterday. They they walloped A&M the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that I would say right now, I would say fourth. I'd say they're they're no higher than the fourth best team in the West. There's an argument with Texas A&M. That'll be an interesting game to watch that we'll talk about later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that they're fourth right now, and I would give them the benefit of the doubt over A&M as of today, even despite the game that A&M gave Alabama. Okay, I, I think that's fair. It's, it's just so difficult to say because we're just not even sure what the West is as a whole. You know, LSU had, a, had an ugly win over a, over a bad Auburn. Mm-hmm. Auburn's bad, arguably the worst team. Yeah, the worst team in that division. Yeah, worst yep. team in that division. Uh, Arkansas laid another egg yesterday. So who who knows? But um, I, I I feel very comfortable in saying this: LSU is definitely not a top twenty-five team. No, and they're not a top forty. I just no, I, 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 I feel so. I feel like I can name several teams, schools, Group Five schools that are better than than LSU. LSU might be able to come out and beat some of these guys just based on talent alone. But from what we saw out of them yesterday, and maybe we just caught them again. Maybe they they poked the wrong holes in the wrong dolls. You know, I mean, yeah, the voodoo was just off. But hey, at the end of the day, on paper, it is a top twenty-five win, which put puts us at three of those, three of those yeah. tracks. Uh, so heck, I will I will take that. And I think what excites me the most is before yesterday, it was twenty eighteen. If I remember right, when we had a road win against a West opponent, that's correct. Uh, twenty eight, uh, twenty eighteen Auburn that finished seven and five, um, but it was a Gus Malzahn coached uh, Auburn. Rodney Garner was the defensive line coach. We know they had players on that team. Yada yada yada. We know LSU has players on that team. We'll we'll learn a lot about that staff as they continue in the SEC. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't. They they shouldn't be ranked any higher than. 40 to 50, between 40 and 50, or maybe even lower, depending on how the season plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of ball left, but it was a combination of Tennessee catching them at that noon local time, mm-hmm. day game. Tennessee traveled exceptionally well. The fan base is infallible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, frankly, no matter how many – we're not making excuses for LSU. We're just kind of explaining what, what factors led to it. But no matter what – how long that list gets – Tennessee hasn't done that. They haven't gone to road on the road in the SEC West. They haven't handled business like that in many, many years. So it's still refreshing, and it's going to remain refreshing um, to do that until Tennessee stops doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I will say from this point on, you know, I'm I'm kind of hoping LSU gets it together sure. and makes this win look good for us because I don't know if nobody seen, else has. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen their schedule from here. But it's it's about to be ugly for LSU, so they're going to travel to Florida next week, and that could I, man, I'm I'm really interested in that. I want to know I want to know what LSU shows up. I want to know what Anthony Richardson shows up. Yeah, really interested in that one. After that, they host Ole Miss, oof, top ten, top 10 team, host Alabama, oof, travel to Arkansas, host UAB, so that's a win right there, and then travel to A and M. I mean. Honestly, tell me if I'm off on here. One, two, three, four, five. They they are they are seriously looking at a one and five possibility. 
in my mind. Hey, that that's doable for sure. That that LSU Florida game next week will tell us so much of that. You know, that'll be a that'll be a rowdy crowd for Florida still still wanting to have a nice first season for Billy Napier. Not that LSU's not wanting to do the same for Brian Kelly, but that's a big one. And that's <laughs> listen here, that's one of their more winnable ones because you look yeah. at you look at L, you look at Florida. Ole Miss is playing good ball right now, running the ball exceptionally well. Jackson Dart probably had his best game yesterday. They are not beating Alabama. You can't convince me. Um, they, they, there's a chance they beat Arkansas. There's a chance that Arkansas figures it out. We'll see. They will beat UAB. And then unless Texas A&M takes another step, I'll be hard-pressed to pick them in many games. Yeah. So that's a tough stretch. That's got definite one in five, probably four options. And then, you know, probably three and three at best. So LSU's yeah. probably a bowl team, but we're going to learn a lot about them in just a week's time. It, it could go south. It could go south bend real fast for Kelly. <laughs> well done. Uh, well thank done. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, let's let's close out here with just – let's glance it at the top 25 and where Tennessee falls in this. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's out from the AP. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Alabama, number four, Clemson, number five, Michigan, and number six, number six in the country. If you're listening to this podcast, this current episode, and you are not a Tennessee fan, it's time for you to hop off because, boys, we are number six in the country, ahead of Southern California, ahead of Oklahoma State, ahead of Ole Miss, ahead, rounding out the top ten, of Penn State. Michael, you and I, you and I together have been Tennessee fans. Like you know, our love for each other. We've been we we we've been doing this together for a long time. And um, oh yeah, we've never seen this day. Not you and I together. Never. Uh, not not since we've like you're saying. Not since we've had our relationship, our friendship. We've not seen this, and it ain't old yet. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't got old yet. I, I want to say this before closing out. I had a good friend over. Hopefully he's listening. Colton, big Alabama fan. So he says he, he might he might be a closet Tennessee fan, actually. He might my be. Man. He my might man. be. Uh, so he's he's over at the house and he's just complaining. He's like, Man, I wish you guys wore them smoky grays, man. I, I wish we could bust out something real nice. I'm like, man, shut up. All you do is win. Who cares what uniform you do it in? He's like, Yeah, but man, like I just want real bad. I just I just want to look good, you know? And <laughs> Like, shut up, bro. I, I mean, oh, man. Th that tells you, and I'm not trying to put too much into this, but listen, if we only ever wore orange on white and white on white for the rest of our time, but we're cranking up national, I don't care. I just, nope. I don't care. Nope. I, I don't, if we never wear smoky or black again, but we're doing what Saban just did, I don't care. Don't care. But those Smokies do look real nice, though. They did look good, and I, I like seeing them on the road. I, I yeah, right, and uh, very much looking forward to the revised version of those next year. Those will be mm -hmm. nice. I guess the question will be: uh, if, if I'm, we plan on wearing black some point this week, this year, right? You got to think it's Kentucky or Missouri. I guess. I mean, I don't know when, but yeah, it's happening supposedly. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, we shall see. Hey. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That's the end of today's Orange Cast, where Tennessee takes it to the Louisiana State Tigers. And, man, it feels good to be 5-0. Thank you so much for letting us tickle those ears. A little tickle, tickle. A little uh, 
never mind. That was going to be weird. I'm not going to say that after all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little, little, little pat on the head of Tommy the Tiger or whatever his name is. Mm. What's his name? Mike, Mike the Tiger. Whatever. Mike the Tiger. That's lame. Find a new mascot. So uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're sharing. Forgive us for not being with you last week, but appreciate you so much for tuning in again. We love you guys. Thank you so, so much. Make sure you're telling everybody about Pandemonium Rains because right now, Mike, Pandemonium is raining. We got the, all, all the chance for Pandemonium here coming up, and it's happening. It's going to be the longest week of my life ever. <laughs> hey, we love you guys. God bless and go balls. See y'all. Pandemonium Rains.